Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamarckia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. If you don't have an idea what the international free agent signing period is in Major League Baseball, you should. That's what we're here for. If you might not know everything about it, this is what this podcast is for. If you do know everything about it, this is what this podcast is for. We have Jesse Sanchez on of MLB Pipeline, MLB.com. We couldn't have a better guest on on this day. January 15th, the day that teams can start signing their future stars, their young future stars. Now, there are guidelines for signing prospects. And MLB.com, like I said, Jesse Sanchez, our guest today, he wrote this as a as sort of a primer. The international player is eligible to sign with Major League Team between January 15th and January, I'm sorry, and December 15th. He must turn 16 before he signs and be 17 before September 1st the following years. In practical terms, that means players born between September 1st, 2006 and August 31st, 2007 will be eligible in the current signing period. Players have to be registered with Major League Baseball in advance to be eligible to sign oh my goodness you want to feel old but listen that's not why we're here also teams have signing pools international bonus signing pools of money they're allotted to to ink these guys they can't go over them but they can't make trades to sort of booster them not to go in through every team what every team has but you have up to the the highest is seven million one hundred fourteen eight hundred thousand. Uh, so there you go, and then it goes to six point five two million. You get the idea. So th- they have that pool to sign these players. All right, you have the guidelines now. Understand this: a lot of these stars, a ton of these stars in Major League Baseball, 
they were born into their professional life by days like today. That's just the fact. And I don't know if it gets enough publicity, but that's what we're here for. And that's what Jesse Sanchez is here for. He's an expert in this stuff. He's going to break it down, not only break it down in the importance of it, but break it down in terms of the top players. If you go to MLB Pipeline or MLB.com, you'll see the 50 top players. And as he says, 38 of the players on this list are from the Dominican Republic, 10 from Venezuela, one from Caraco, one from Spain. Position-wise, 26 infielders, 18 out fielders three catchers two pitchers one infielder outfielder two pitchers now it is so hard to project these guys but like i said this is the lifeblood this is so important so i i just wanted to set the scene a little bit for you before we get into jesse rate review subscribe at bb isn't boring we got a great week coming up an awesome week coming up and i think it kicks off today with this very 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 timely podcast on the 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 launching pad the trampoline for international free agent signing period we might not get real free agent signings but we get these and a few years down the road they'll be just as important all right here you go here's jesse sanchez all right there's no one on this planet that I would have, would rather have on the podcast right now than Jesse Sanchez, MLB Pipeline. Um, not only because he's a great human being, a great reporter, um, but also because this is the straight ball right down the middle for you, Jesse. It's it. International free agent signing period kicks off. Honestly, I am honored that you, you're on right now because I'm not going to pretend like I know these guys. But they are, I mean, people just don't understand. We say it every year how important this time is. But do you, people just don't understand until they understand. Right, right. What happens, I think you just see them in the big leagues, right? You'll see, uh, I guess first let me tell you a little bit about the international signing period. So it starts on January 15th and it runs through, and it runs through uh, December 15th. So the international signing period is when all 30 clubs – they get a chance to acquire international talent. Uh, these teams are 16 years old, so they're acquiring talent from all across Latin America and the Caribbean, different parts of Asia as well, and they put them in their system. And this is, you know, you think about, you know, the top Latino stars out there. Many of them, if not all of them, come through this route. They sign when they're teenagers. Uh, as you know, you know, David Ortiz signed as a teenager, uh, uh, you know, Manny's a little different. I think he was out of New York. But uh, so there's if you look at up and down the rosters, especially with players from Latin America and the Caribbean and like I said, parts of Asia, this is how they sign. This is where they start their journey when they turn 16 and major league teams sign them. And why it's so important is you think about the ways team acquire talent, right? They either acquire talent through trades, big league trades, minor league trades, uh, free agent acquisition, uh, minor league free agent acquisition, waiver claims, all that kind of the draft, all, everything's involved with the draft. And the international signing period is another important way to acquire talent. It allows teams to you know, acquire a lot of top young prospects, get them in the system. And the goal is to, or the dream is to have the next Tatis yeah. or the next uh, Julio Rodriguez or, you know, all these young stars, Elo Jimenez and, and all these young guys who've, who've developed into today's stars, the faces of baseball. But another important element is providing depth, depth to your system, depth at double A, depth at triple A, uh, depth at the lower levels. 
And another way they're extremely important is they're also trading chips. If you look at some of the biggest trades over the last few years, you know, Glaber Torres, remember, he, you know, people think of him with the Yankees. He was with the Cubs. Right. You know, he came over in a big deal. Um, Yohan Moncada, as you know, they're in Boston and uh, the Chris Sale stuff. Uh, they are crucial components of talent acquisition and building a championship club. And every general manager, every club is involved in the international market. And you, you just can't ignore it. Because it would be like ignoring a draft. Hey, we're not going to play in the draft this year. Mm. You know, hey, we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to try to sign anybody during the off season. So uh, every team is in, and you're seeing more and more people pay attention to it. And as you mentioned, I wish there was a little bit more light shed on it uh, because of the hard work all these teams, teenagers themselves are doing, uh, the international scouting directors are doing, the scouts on the ground, and the organizations you know, in the United States who are really putting resources into developing these young players. Every team has an academy. They're most, most of them are in the Dominican Republic. And what happens, they sign, they'll put these teenagers at age 16 into an academy, and that's where they're going to train for two years. Um, at that point, you know, some come to the United States a little bit earlier to the Arizona leagues or the Florida leagues. But for the most part, they come over to U.S. state side, the minor league uh, process around age 18 mm-hmm. and, and that's when they begin and that's when people start hearing about them uh real feel really fortunate at mlb.com and pipeline that we've written about these young men uh teenagers since they were 16 years old you know you think about vladdy uh jr uh vladimir guerrero jr he's the guy we've been writing about since he was 15 or 16 years old <laughs> now julio rodriguez and everybody knows him now but we've been writing about julio since he was 15 or 16 you know so the people who who follow the prospects, which is huge, a uh, huge fan base follow prospects. It's a, it's a it's a great you know fan base. Um, I have followed these guys since they were they were young, and they're still arriving young. I mean, twenty two in the big leagues is pretty darn young, you know. But uh, so it's 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 also just fun. It's fun to track these guys when they sign. And know that they're in, this, in an academy in the Dominican, and then hey, you just see you see them. Oh, they're in the Arizona Complex League, or they're in the Florida Complex yeah. League, and hey, they just threw somebody in the uh, a spring training game. Like, who is that seventeen yeah. year old? Yeah, yeah. That's playing in the in that game, you know. And then eventually, if you pay attention to spring training this year, when you when you see an international prospect, seventeen or eight or sixteen or seventeen, and he shows up in a big league spring training game, make note of that. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? The major leaguers do. I mean, I've seen that happen where the, the major leaguers, because a lot of those guys were in those shoes, and they know how big that moment is. It might right. be March 10th, whatever it is, but it's a big moment. And by the way, I should m- make, make note of this or emphasize this, and I'll do it again. But MLB Pipeline, your list, we are so like fortunate to have you guys, MLB Pipeline, and to be able to have the tr- not only tracking throughout Monday, and but also leading up to it, the list, the explanations of it. I know that I've been looking at it for days upon days upon days and trying to seem smart, and I'm really falling short. And that's why you're here. Um, but another thing I want to mention, Jesse, is that I have such a tremendous admiration for scouts who are signing these guys. Um, I'll give you an example. Ellie Dela Cruz, right? Ellie Dela Cruz, 
They sent me uh, the the picture of Ellie De La Cruz as a 16-year-old, 130 pounds. Like, how to – so you have these kids who – and we're going to talk about some of them, 16, 17, 17, 18 years old – and you, it's the ultimate projection. It's the ultimate projection of what they're gonna be. And you, you mentioned some names. Julio Rodriguez. I don't know how much he weighed, but he would, certainly didn't weigh looked like he does now. Um, and and go down the list, pitchers. Oh my goodness! You know, you'll have the the 130 pound pitcher who has you know you have a live arm, and you hope for the best, and he'll grow. We hear the grill grow into his frame, but you don't know. And these guys are so good. Projecting, I think it's one of the most underrated skill sets and abilities that is important in baseball. Is these scouts being able to do this at this age? Right, I 100% agree. Whether it's domestic scouts doing here stateside, you know, getting high school guys, looking at college guys, and the international side, you know, I've seen them grind what they do. The the back roads, it's not like the back roads of Texas or the back roads of California. It's the back roads of Latin America and the Caribbean. You know, the dirt roads going to like secluded fields out there to to see somebody's arm, to see somebody's bat speed. And as you mentioned, tons of projection. That's why what makes this job that they do extremely difficult, because you have to, you know, decide you have to figure out the tools that are now now tools, as people call them, and then project future tools. So it's a combination of that. And then you also have to spend some time with the actual prospect and spend some time with their parents. In many ways, you think about it, it's kind of comparable to a college recruiting type of thing. Yeah. And what happens to these international prospects, they understand that these are life change. It's a life-changing decision. It's a huge family decision that impacts their family, impacts their communities, impacts you know their entire world. So they'll go visit different academies. They'll go to the Red Sox Academy. They'll go to the Mets Academy. And when they're there, each club is is recruiting recruiting them, saying, hey, this is why you should sign with us. Look at our dormitory. Look at our advanced technology. Look at our weight room. Look at our, our high school and college equivalency programs. This is what you want to do. So in addition to, you know, trying to develop these players, they're also appealing to parents because think about it. You're basically uh, – sending your kid off to college at 16 years old, yeah. you know, so you want to make sure your kid is going to a place where not only he's going to develop as a, a baseball player, because that's what everybody, and that's why they're signing him. But as a parent, you know, you want to make sure your son is being developed as a person that he can speak another language, that he can navigate different cultures, that he can, you know, uh, operate in you know, writing checkbooks and, and bills and, and all the things sometimes you take for granted when you, that that we probably do in the United States, um, these young men have to do it, and they have to do it in a, a different language than their own. Mm. So, as parents, they're also, you know, trying to find the right fit. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty common for team players to take tours of all these different academies. You know, obviously the bonus and signing bonus money matters, right? I mean, um, we're not gonna, never going to deny how big of a factor, you know, eco- economics are on everything. But definitely part of the uh, equation is how is this club going to take care of my son? And what is my, what will they, how will they help him develop? So it's a really fascinating area. Um, there's the scouting element that, you know, the hardcore, you know, scouting prospects and scouting nerds, you know, we really enjoy it. I count myself in that crew. Yeah. And there's also 
you know, the human element to it all. Because each of these uh, young men, they're teenagers. They're, you know, they're 15 years old and they're six, they're signed when they're 16, they're kids, you know? So there's an entire human element behind it, you know, there, and, and a real quick story. It's not uncommon to see, you know, these prospects before they'll go out on the field to like huddle around third base, the you know, third base coaching area or around first base and they all huddle and they'll either say a prayer or they'll give each other a motivational speech and and not that far behind them are all the scouts from major league clubs. So imagine the pressure that is on a kid to go out there knowing how they perform that day is going to play a part in their future. You know, so it's a it's a fascinating thing all the way around from a baseball side, from a humanity side. And and that's one of the reasons we really like to shed light on it on on MLB.com and on Pipeline, because, uh, you know, it's just an important part of baseball and and fans really dig. And once you find out what's going on, once oh, you're yeah. exposed to it, you're just like, wow, man. And then you see these guys in the big leagues and you're just yeah. like, I've been following this guy since he was 16 years old. Well, that's so well put in so many ways, and and you're right. Fans do dig it, and and this is why this we're looking at the guys now. This is why the, this is this day, this week, these months are so important. And we look even look at last year where you have a guy like Ethan Salas, you know, who is 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 the I don't want to say the average baseball fan knows him, but certainly the slightly above average baseball fan knows this kid and you should know him because he's going to probably be in the major leagues. He was the catcher of the San Diego Padres. Uh, what was the signing bonus last year? He was, you know, I want to think it's in the $4 million range. Oh, yeah. and so, even higher. Yeah. So, I mean, this kid is everyone's, this is Pud Rodriguez. I mean, this is like, you know, coming to the major leagues. I'm not going to put pressure on the kid, but right. no pressure. this is the type of thing that we're dealing with. And now we're looking for those sort of guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to spin it toward, your list this year. Number one, how does anything jump out about how different this group is? And my second question is, when you look at the top guys on your list, is there a clear-cut guy? Are there a couple clear-cut guys? Or do you feel like, well, you know, these top, let's say, five guys could be interchangeable? Um, Because I would imagine there's been some classes where, hey, you know what, this is – this is clearly the guy or guys. So yeah. anyway, does what jumps out to you about this year? So that's extremely fair. That's a great question. Uh, as you, you mentioned, Ethan Salas, he was a guy last year who was head and shoulders above everybody. Uh, the last time there was a consensus or close to a consensus was when Jason Dominguez, who, who signed with the Yankees a few years, there was a similar sentiment. Uh, they were just so advanced. You know, it's hard to believe how advanced they were for their young age. And I think if you, you're you going to – fans are really going to be able to follow and enjoy Ethan that way, Ethan Salas. Uh, in terms of this year, what stands out – and it happens almost every year. Oh, there's tons of shortstops. There's tons of athleticism, you know. And what happens is you know, many of them will stay. Some will stay at shortstop. But they're, keep in mind they're 16 years old. And their bodies are going to develop and their man bodies are going to come in and 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 some will fulfill their potential. Some will fulfill their projection. And, you know, there might be some that come up short. And that's just the reality of baseball. You know, I think everybody dreams for, you know, shoots for the moon, but not everybody gets there. You know, so one thing that is consistent in international scouting in terms of signing is you're going to see a lot of shortstops. You're going to see a lot of center fielders. And that's consistent with what's going on this year. Um in terms of the top five, 
you can argue they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. There's you you can go take a survey of several different scouting directors and they might say, hey, your three's number one or or maybe one's five. And so we do our best at Pipeline to consult as many different people as we can, as many different international directors as we can, um, you know, scouts on the ground, uh, other industry sources that know we do our homework. One thing that I pride myself on is I have a lot of respects for, for the scouts and the job that they do, but I'm a reporter. I'm not a scout. Even though I've been exposed to it, this will be my 24th season at MLB. You know, yes, we've seen probably a little bit, a few more pitches and the average fan in that way, but we rely on our reporting skills and our data gathering and uh, techniques and processes and all that that helps us be, you know, successful reporters to put this list together. With that is an it's an imperfect science. And as I'm talking to people, it is an imperfect science because the guys will, the list came out in September, early you know early late last you know September of last year. Um, maybe there've been some changes since then, and in terms of development, in terms of progress, in terms of you know, different guys living up to the potential, but we 100% do our best and we take it very seriously. We understand how hard these kids are working to get signed. We understand how hard scouts on the ground, international directors are working. And we also understand, you know, the commitment from ownership and different levels to invest millions of dollars in 16 year old players you know, so it's it's a it's an inexact science, and I'm and I I'm really open about that. And but I also let people know we 100 percent take this as serious as possible, and we have a lot of respect for the process, a lot of respect for the players, and the whole thing. So that's why we. Uh, and plus, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun to get to know these guys. Oh and, man, is there is there anyone this. is there anyone who of of the top guys that jumps out and these are listen. There's a lot of, like you said, it's fun to watch these kids. It's they're dynamic young baseball players. But for you, is there anyone that jumps out saying, hey, you know what? Maybe, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But I, I like this. I really like what I'm hearing about this guy. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy with our number one, DeVries, Leo DeVries, uh, a shortstop, a big kid. He's already 6'2". And when we were we published our, our listing and our ranking, you know, a switch hitter with a – Tons of projectable above our above average tools. You see that. You see the size. You see the gameplay, and you also trust international directors who have been following these guys for two years. You know when his name comes up enough times as the top guy on the market, you start to believe it. You know, and you see video of him. You see his all the stuff he has done in terms of uh, competing against others his age. You know, you, he, you start to stand out. So we're really happy with Leo as our as our number one. And I think that is definitely someone to watch as we go forward. Uh, but there are going to be some prizes up and down the list. There's going to be somebody who m- might not even be on the list who's going to show up. I, I still give some people still give me a hard time and I and I can take it. I can take the ribbon. I, I, I think I put Fernando Tatis at like number 28 one year and then Juan Soto number 30. You know, and uh, well, I mean, Jesse, there's plenty of of the guys who signed for ten grand. You know, who end up Brian Bayo. I think he signed for ten grand. So it's is what it is. But you mentioned, um, you know, of the position. I find that really interesting. Like you're right. You go down your list: shortstop, shortstop, outfielder, outfielder. The first catcher you have is Giovanni Rodriguez. 
Um, so what can you tell me about him? Because, you know, there's a lot of buzz about him, maybe him in the Mets or whatever. But it's it's catching anyway, young catchers, is the hardest thing to project. You have Sure, you have a guy like Ethan Salas. Maybe that's a little bit different. But what what are you hearing about Giovanni Rodriguez? Well, you're and you're exactly right in terms of catching is one of the most coveted positions at any level. You know, whether you're trying to draft a high school kid or a college kid, or you're even looking for a backup big league catcher. I mean, we all know how valuable those players are. Uh, Rodriguez has a chance, as as we mentioned earlier, to be one of the best players in this class, and th- and that, I think that speaks to the how some of these rankings and some of these players can be interchangeable because they're very close to each other in terms of projectability in terms of tools now uh but specifically for him you know he's an advanced catching prospect you know there's some pop he has the skills and he has the potential to really be a star on both sides of the plate you know one thing that really stands out is on defense you know his framing his footwork which you don't always see for from a, a teenager you know there's also he has great hands, plus arm strength. You know, he has all those tools that people are looking for in big league catchers. And imagine seeing, you know, the beginning of that as a 16-year-old. And you kind of can dream a little bit on these guys. And you see what the body looks like. And you see what the arm looks like now. I mean, if they have average tools now, it's easy to think about, what are they going to ha- what's going to happen when they get into my academy i'm speaking say i'm speaking at the sure. club when he gets into my academy he receives daily instruction he he gets all the advanced technology in terms of measuring and strength and all that nutrition um all the things and he learns about being a professional what kind of player is that going to be now cuz at 15 or 16 you know he would he would be the star of his college team, mm. you know, so, uh, you know, it's really cool to, to watch these guys develop, especially the catcher. And that, and that's a great point on, on yeah. the catcher. Everybody wants one. And if you can get one at 16 years old to get them in your system, um, you'll keep them. There's a lot of guys. The last guy I'm going to ask you about is just a, a guy who a lot of people in Boston are talking about because he's been linked to them. Vladimir Asensio, um, who's an outfielder, 17 year old outfielder, uh, the Red Sox think they got a pretty good one last year in Yolan Cespedes, uh, kid shortstop. Um, so it's while everybody wants the the Ethan Salases of the world, you know, sometimes a Vladimir Asensio ends up being next thing you know they're talking about him like they're talking about Miguel Blaze, right? So what do you what do you what do you have on Miguel uh, Asensio? I'm sorry, Vladimir Asensio. Athleticism. That's one of the things that I I heard the most about him, his athleticism, um, the potential to have several plus tools across the board. And when you see that, it's like looking at the draft. You want to get the the best athlete, the yeah. best player. And you can, as we know, you can help a person develop into a better baseball player with reps, with coaching. You can't always teach natural athleticism, as we know. You know, so uh, – you know, that's the first thing that comes out. Uh, he has a really good bat path. You know, there's a little ups, you know, uppercut stroke on his swing. You know, he can hit opposite power, which is a great sign for any age. 
you know, even in the big leagues, you see a guy who can drive it to the opposite field. You know, he's someone who catches your attention. But when you see it coming from a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid, you know, that's really impressive. Uh, one of the things, another thing that, that kind of comes about and I think about is his arm strength. That's developing arm strength. So you, you put the athleticism, arm strength. Um, he projects to stay in center, stay in the middle of the diamond. But they're so young, as we mentioned, bodies change. They grow, they get stronger. Um, it's not uncommon to see these guys shift to corners mm-hmm. and have the bat profile to go to corners. But I think in terms of who he is, people are going to see an athlete that is big, he's strong, and uh, it's what scouts like, you know. Yeah. And so he was a highly coveted guy. A lot of people, you know, paid a lot of close attention to him. And, uh, you know, he's one to watch. All right, let's go. You got me fired up, Jesse. Let's go. That's that's what we're here for. I mean, I know you got you're really busy. You got things to do. I we appreciate so much that you've taken out this time to educate us, and that's the best way to not only inspire us but educate us. So uh, I appreciate it, Jesse. Thanks so much. No, it's my pleasure. And anytime I can shed some light on on the international signing process, the scouts, the players, the lives, the you know, the countries in the Caribbean and Latin America and, and, and help people understand how the globe, how global this game really is and, and how we're all connected as a, you know, a fan base. And uh, thank you so much. And I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed your book, uh, <laughs> the, the book you wrote. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, I got to get kicked out of that. Thanks, and, man. Uh, yeah. You know, one thing you real quick that when I was talking to Joe Kelly about, one of the things you mentioned, we were talking about making those young players feel comfortable. And he told the story about when he was rehabbing with the White Sox and he had to hang with all those players. They took, they made a point of taking all the players in a van or in vans to Walmart and go walk through, this is how you shop for stuff. This is what you want to look for. And we take that for granted so much, right? Yeah. And and I think that that was a, a a small microcosm of what we're talking about. But when a major leaguer so, who's been around sees that. So anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. It was, I really enjoyed that. You know, I will tell you, say something about Joe Kelly. He does have something I admire is getting a mariachi, mariachi jacket and wearing it everywhere. Yeah. So I've still got my eye out for one of those. All right. Well, listen, it's, we're going we're gonna to get you all kind of gear. I appreciate it, Jesse. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.